Welcome to the Medicine Cabinet. Yeah. We'll bring you another fire episode. We have Velocity Music talking about Orrin and Anthony saying two great guys that I look up to that have a production company where they provide music for for uh, musical artists, pop stars, rappers, singers, uh, even instrumental artists. They do movies, you name it, they do it all. Same when it comes to music and their masterminds, you know. And they have this master alliance that we kind of tap into for a second. And that was probably my favorite part of the episode. But check it out. See what they're talking about. Orange dropping knowledge on us. Anthony's dropping knowledge on us. We got the whole team out there. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think. See you at the end. We have Velocity Music in the building. We're actually in their building. Crazy shit. So, uh, we have Anthony Barfield and we got Orrin Wilson. Uh, Say what's up, y'all. What's going on? How's it going out there, people? Oh, yeah. what's good? Indeed, what's good? Indeed. And today for the host, we got TJ. What's good? And we got Lindsay. What up? Yeah, too bad. Sean could have be here. He's going to be on the next one. Saying what's good, Sean? What's up, Sean? What's up, uh, what's up Trevor? Thank you guys for everything. And I just want to say thank you to everybody here saying for taking the time to, to, to do this because I, I truly do appreciate it. But uh, uh, all right, let's hop right into it. Uh, how did... Uh, Velocity Music get started? What was the idea behind it? Like, Well, Velocity has been in the works for a long time. The thing is, is uh, you know, we're both uh, classically trained musicians. and uh, Black, you know, classically black trained. Black, classically trained musicians, yeah. Uh, just so y'all know. Uh, with a strong love in, in this urban pop music. And so, you know, I've been, I started making beats when I was 16 years old and you know, Oren has been making beats, and, and somehow the universe just kind of put us together. In fact, uh, uh, my wife put us together. Oh, uh, shit. They went to Manhattan School of Music Oh, together. shit. And then we were at this party together, and, uh, and Elena, my wife, uh, introduced us, and we were just like, oh, you're, you're from the South? Oh, shit, you from the South? Okay, yeah, what's up? And <laughs> wait, then, wait, what, yeah. part, what part of the South? I'm from Mississippi originally. And you, Louis, New Orleans. No, mm. okay, all right. New Orleans. Louis, 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 Louis. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the real shit. I, I've never been down in New Orleans. I always wanted to go there. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we met up, um, and fast forwarding, we uh, ended, ended up living together for a minute, and uh, and I saw Oren, like he was actually sitting at the kitchen table with his iPad, with the Machine Studio software on it, and I was like, yo, like what's that? And he was just like, oh man, I'm making these beats now and stuff. And I'm like, what? You making beats too and stuff? So we just kind of started, chopping it up and. And now here we are. What year was that? Uh, this was, was the year uh, 2012. Yeah, was it 2012? 2012, yeah. when we lived together. So from yeah. 2012 to spring 2013, we lived, yeah. we lived together. Yeah. Myself for Washington. A year and a half, you said, about? You said a year and a half, about? Like a whole yeah, about year. A year. Yeah, yeah. About a year. And then you, like, officially established the the company in 2016? Well, no. So so basically, we just kind of started making beats um, here and there together. And it was funny. It wasn't really official at first. Uh, we just kept, you know, kept in touch and, and um, sending beats here and there and stuff. And then um, officially, Velocity was started uh, March the 9th of 2016. Uh, yeah, as a corporation. That's so. the birthday. Yeah, it's the birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy birthday, Velocity. And why, why that day? What's the significance of that day? Well, Velocity Music, once again, like, you know, we were t- talking about collabing for a long time, but uh, but I was working a full-time job at, at, at Juilliard. Yeah. Um, and it got to the point where, um, you know, my other 
duties uh, as a composer, producer, stuff like that, film score composer, classical composer took over, um, that it, I felt it was time to to officially go full force with Velocity as a, as a company. So, 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 uh, you said you started at age 16, making be- beats? You started making yeah. beats at 16? Yeah. And you started, like, back then? I say, I think I was younger, I'd always been into it, but I was been a strong force of playing classical music and jazz, but I really sat down, like, making beats, I'd say probably, like, maybe, like, five years ago. Like you said, I had the machine studio like software. Did, did you, like, cut, cut, cut? Yeah, I can hear that. What's it called? It's all good. What's it called? Uh, uh. Oh, Native Instrument Machine. So they got the software that comes on the phone or iPad, and they got the, the hardware itself. So I had the machine studio on my phone and iPad, and I just be at the table after work just making beats on my phone. All and right. then Barfield actually went and brought the actual hardware itself. But, like, did you have any family members that were, like, DJs or anything like that or that were into that type of stuff? Or? Yeah, I have, I have family members who played, like, instruments in high school, but it was never anything serious. I might be like one of the first like serious musicians in my family. Like yeah. growing up in New Orleans, I mean, it's always serious musicians. But I think for me, it was it was a little bit more than just like you know I'm going to do this for elective in middle school or high school. It was like yeah, I probably want to do this for my like my life career. All right, that's what's up. And you said you started making beats at 16. Yeah. And like uh, <clears throat> so so it was like a it was kind of like a childhood dream, saying. I mean, like, well, the, not really. But kind of. Um, so essentially, you were asking about family members being musicians and stuff. Yeah. So I started playing the trombone, um, you know, in early middle school. And I have a cousin that used to be a producer in, in, in Atlanta. All right. And um, he found out that, I, that his little cousin played the trombone. So he was just like, oh, shit, I'm going to send in some equipment and stuff. So uh-huh. he sent me like this Roland VS-880 track recorder. Oh, shit. Um, and a couple of other things. And I just used to, I used this Casio keyboard. Um and and uh, I don't know if you guys remember like Band in a Box. Remember this? This uh, it was like this Macintosh with Macintosh computer software, Band in a Box. Man, man. So I used to use that, um, and I'd stay up to probably three, four in the morning. You know, how, how sixteen you? years old 16. to like you know till to, to, to like graduated. You know, stay up to three, four in the morning, get up, you know, six thirty, go to school, and be tired of shit all day. But like come come back home and start making beats and practicing. Uh, but I, you know, I live on a farm, so there wasn't shit to do other than just like, you know, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, like we took cows to like the stockyard and shit to sell them off. But then when I come home, like I bush hog, like which is meaning you take the tractor and you cut the grass. Um, take the tractor. And <laughs> <laughs> that was the phone. Well, that's the live that stream. The that's the live stream. We're good. <laughs> Yo. Mom is watching. Hey mom. Hey mom. Yeah. Uh, hey mom. Yeah, like, you know, cut the grass with the, the, the tractor and shit, and then basically go and start making beats. <laughs> <laughs> nah, beats and tractors. No, nah, uh, nah, because, like, it's so funny. Like, uh, 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 the way I was, like, uh, looking at it, just as coming out from an outside perspective, uh, I thought you were, like, uh, just a classical guy, like, through and through, like, uh, just, uh, yeah, growing up. Because when you came to MSM, where I, when I first met you, well, like while I was at MSM in New York, uh, you were playing classical trombone, you know, and right. I, I, like like the like most of us there, just been yeah. doing it since we we're kids. Right. So I wasn't sure if that was just your main thing, but that's that, that's that's dope that uh, you had like an early background in some of that stuff. Yeah. And also and, after this part, as I was telling Squad earlier, that uh, I also play trombone and I am also black. <laughs> but in, in high school, I remember I was auditioning for for schools. And I was I looked up. I literally looked at the internet, black trombone players, like 
going to Juilliard College or whatever. And Anthony was like the first one that came up and he was like on play something on the news. And I was just like, oh, snap. Like, there's, there's other people random. out there doing this. <laughs> so it's funny, I meet him years later. He had uh, some celebrity back then. <laughs> yeah, I meet him years later in college. I'm like, yo, you that guy. <laughs> but, but, but that's that, that's very important you mentioned that because uh, representation is a... Uh, it, it really helps along the way when you see somebody that looks similar to you or something saying that comes from a similar background as you. It makes you kind of believe that you can do the same things too. So Yeah, we, we completely agree with that. I mean, we talk about that all the time. Um, in fact, we were, I think this was last year, February, something like that, there was a performance at, uh, in D.C. that we all attended, me, you, and Chris Watkins. Oh, yeah, yeah. And after the concert, there was like, you know, a few African-American kids that came up they were like, oh, my gosh, you know, and, and so we, we ended up talking to them and just sort of, you know, telling our, our brief stories and stuff like that. So I think it's definitely very important to, to if anything, if you can't necessarily give back physically, oh, yeah. I think it's important to, to be yeah, active on social media to, to make sure that, that young people see you, um, you know, thriving in your careers to encourage them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, the, the, what was next upon the list? But, what, what did you teach when you were uh, at Juilliard? So uh, I taught a, a class in the evening division called Advanced Music Production. Um, it was basically a logic-based class teaching audio. Um, but before that, I actually uh, worked staff for a number of years. I worked as a recording engineer first, and then I was uh, uh, about to, to leave and go teach at another school. And then I got roped back into Juilliard to be the media production manager for a company uh, called Juilliard Global Ventures, uh, which is a company that uh, capitalized on Juilliard as a brand. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. so you, when you were studying, were you studying both trombone and music production? No, no. Si similar stories. I mean, okay. seriously, like we, you know, you're a trumpet player too. Yeah. So, so I think I think for yeah. me, like for me, an undergrad. So I, I went to like this college called Southern University in Baton Rouge. It's a historical black college. <laughs> In there, and in marching bands, it's quite different. Like you know, you see uh, predominant white colleges where they do marching band, but black college bands like Grambling, Southern University. Uh, yeah, slam. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's different because you get to experience, you know, like the tradition of a historical black college, also the experience of like being like in, like one of those best bands. And so most of the music we played were like pop music. So I had a lot of friends back then who were like you know they had like fruity loops in their in their dorm rooms, and so you know we go to band practice, come home, and whatever was popping that day. With some Lil Wayne or some Master P, they would be in there making the beats to these songs. So I, I got got opportunity to see cats like making beats on computers, and I was like always kind of fascinated. But like, yeah, I probably you going? I should probably stick with uh with playing classical music. You know, it's like it seemed it seemed like an adventure, but like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be good. But as more and more I thought I thought about it, uh, deep down inside, like yeah, I, I think I want really I really want to do this, mm -hmm. and so. Um, I think coming from like a classical background and then switching over to like making this form of music, I think it makes it a lot easier because now you're not you're not learning music, you're like learning the the efficiency of a computer program. So I think if anyone wants to try to do it, like you if probably you, apply what you already know. Yeah, that's what's, what's yeah. really what's really happening right now. It's not like right. you know we learn how to like write chords or write melodies. Like okay, how does what does this button do in this software? And then once you learn what this button does, now you you know you cooking. Yeah. But as you know, I have to say, though, to add to piggy, piggyback off of that, like, um, even though I was a composer, so yeah, I studied the trombone, um, studied a little composition, um, you know, classical composition, even though I was used to sort of, you know, developing 
you know, classical works and stuff like that. To make that transition from classical high art to pop music, that shit is really difficult. <laughs> really difficult. Yeah. So, so, this, socially? Um, like, or... Well, musically. I mean, because think about it. The thing is, it's like um, one of our good colleagues, Sakura, Sakura Meyer, Myers, actually. Yeah, yeah. So just, we had a, just play with her. Oh, it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Sakura. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, we had a conversation as far as, you know, how people, uh, how people feel music or feel art. And in, in high art, i.e. classical music or if you go to the Guggenheim and see paintings or if you go to the MoMA, whatever, like people want to feel from here up, you know, meaning from the neck up because they want to intellectualize what they're seeing or what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the world, they feel from the neck down. And so like, so in terms of That's pop true. music production, <laughs> in terms of pop and urban, urban yeah. music production, I mean, it's like, as long as you can get people like to really groove to your music, then that's like you're doing your job. And, and so writing classical works, um, to make that transition, I remember my early beats, some of our early beats together too, um, you know, the shit would be really complex. And people who... Now, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, Lindsay and I had this argument about uh, this song, uh, these two songs on the... I've been waiting to bust the song. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, uh. Is, this from, is this from Kendrick? Yeah, from oh, Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah. And I think I think the song that I like is a neck up song. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I disagree. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's I think it's like the cheapest shot. I don't know. Like I I wonder if he was worried that nothing was gonna get on the radio, and he was like, "Well, this one is a guarantee to get on the radio," mm. which he didn't have to worry about because the whole album is great. But it's it's the song "Love." This is the one we argue about. Chris thinks it's very deep. I think yeah. I, I think anybody it's could have written it. Yeah. And sang it. I think it was easy. Yeah. Oh, the pizza's here. Sorry, Facebook. Uh, yeah, love versus love. So, but yeah, no, no, no. What's the Forty. Forty. Shit, you said too much. We gotta bleep that out. <laughs> no, no, but uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you uh, before we turn on the microphone, you were talking about the school, saying like that you had had, had a party so, started. So, so, so currently, like, besides making music. Uh, I'm a full-time teacher. Uh, I teach a school called Basis Independent. It's like a, a private school uh, in Washington, Northern Virginia. And they got a couple of schools. So in the past, I've had opportunity to open up schools um, teaching music. And I think for me, a big uh, point of teaching music is I get to see the kids that we're trying to sell the music to. How, how old are the kids? Uh, so I'm, the students that I teach are ninth graders to 12th graders. Oh, so shit. most All of the right. kids that are listening to What's current on radio? What's current on Spotify playlist? Uh, are the kids that I'm teaching? So it's, it's quite interesting to see the review of kids. Are you familiar with Jermaine Dupri's show? Uh, oh yes, yeah, the rap game. Rap yes, game. Yes, it's very, yeah. Are you watching this season? Yeah, I'm watching. It's, it's pretty who, good. Who is your pick? Sorry to go on. Uh, I, I don't really have a pick right now. I'm, okay. still, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. Street bud. <laughs> it can't. It can't good. I'm, I'm still Street. waiting. Yeah, that's my favorite one right now. <laughs> but I think I think like you know I have an opportunity to teach kids. An opportunity to see like what they like, like you know, parents all the time say you know we shouldn't be listening to rap, it's too much profanity, it's it's this and that. But I think every generation has that thing that their parents don't like. You know, rap is here. Uh, I was it's down. Here to stay. I was the. I, I, I was down. I was down in Atlanta last uh, Christmas. Not this Christmas, but the Christmas before. And like, uh, uh, bad and bougie. You know, that was just popping off. Amazing tune. And and, and then and then the kids, man, the way the kids were reacting to Bad and Bougie, 
they they couldn't help themselves. Mm. They couldn't help themselves. They just kept on dancing and moving, and then it made me happy to see them happy, you know. And they knew all the words, and they were saying some bad things. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that, that's interesting because I remember what Diddy said a quote. Diddy has a quote. He's like, "You can't have like a hit without a hot track." Period. Absolutely. Right. Like, so it's like you know, not to say what the singer or rapper or whatever does is secondary, but he says, I mean, he said seventy five percent of the uh, of the of the whole thing is just the beat. That's what yeah. he said. I think seventy five percent, something like that. Mm. Yeah. That's 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 crazy. So. And, and like these days, you see, I mean, the, like hip hop when it first started, it's all about like DJ mm-hmm. and MC, like the party and stuff. Then it's like really come a long way, you know, now. But what do you what do you see the producer now? Like somebody like Metro Boomin, who like you know, or um, Sony Digital, or somebody who like has such like a presence. Do you feel like the producers are underrated now? Like for instance, Gucci Gang. If he would, is anybody talking? Who produces that? Be like, that's not like a. I think uh, the producer's big head. Okay. The producer. Yeah. I think the producer's the architect. Mm. When I look at music, you think about the blueprint. If you like to compare rap or pop music it's to. All good. Just, just, I, I just ignore the, ignore the plug. It'll be fine. So yeah. if you look at like a great composer. Like a hard ignore. You know what I'm saying. So a, a great composer lays down a blueprint for the orchestra. Yeah. So I think for a producer, being an architect, he's laying down what uh, the rapper, the singer, whoever it may be, it's like the the floor plan. Yeah. And then once that rapper or singer gets on top of it, they take it to the next the next step. I think yeah, the, the ice and the cake. But the cake, the ingredients, the spices, the sweets, the egg, everything else, and that's the yeah. producer. Mm-hmm. Like when the last time you ever heard an acapella go grammar, right? Mm-hmm. It's always it's the music. And I think producers in the, the 21st century, I think people are now like, starting. <laughs> I think now people are starting to see the value of producers because you know you see these things on YouTube, you see these things on Instagram about you producers see? getting ripped off from like these major artists. And I think it's now a time because I think artists are starting to see like, well, if they don't give us the music, then what are we going to use? My boy, my, my boy had did a P Dub saying he did a. He did a track with uh, uh, with, with Fetty Wap and his homegirl named Z, and like uh, he was telling me how it was divvied up, you know, and like it didn't make sense to me, you know what I'm saying, for all the work he was doing, you know what I'm saying, and like uh, I think the producer is definitely very valuable. Do you think they're more valuable than the the rapper, or equal, or is it just more the experience, like the full product at the end? Was, I, I what's the most per- important thing? Personally, I think it's is about the product. I mean, because. Um, I mean, same thing for, for both of us. Like, I wouldn't be with Anthony without, you know, Orin and vice versa, you know what I mean? And, you know, for somebody like, let's just say Beyonce, I like to think of Beyonce as like a corporation. You know, you got the producers on the bottom, you got, you know, the, 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 the not to say producers are like janitors or something like that, mm-hmm. but you got the janitors, you got the people who are working at the desks, you have the CEO who is at the top, who's like being the face of that company, you know, who's making the moves and stuff. And you can't have the CEO without everybody else. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know. Um, so I, th- I think everybody, even on, on the on the production level, I think everybody is 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 equal. But then when it comes to payment, then <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a whole other story. I, I guess you know? money just fucks everything. Yeah. Up. Uh, yeah, but but, yeah, but that's what this this is the, what you guys have said. Is that that's what I honestly I was so excited 
to uh, interview guys because I'm so attracted to the the alliance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the, and, 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 and the teamwork. And because you're in D.C., you're in New York, you know, but y'all are making this shit work. You know what I'm saying? And that's because you guys are fully invested and you want to do it, you know? And like, uh, and like, uh, but how do you manage that? The long distance relationship? Well, well, it's not really, it's, it's not really, really long distance. Cause yeah. you know, cause, cause Oren, Oren is sort of bi-coastal, you know, not bi-coastal, by uh, whatever. Regional. <laughs> by regional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, by regional. Uh, so Oren is here, you know, what, how many times a month? Four, two or three, two, yeah. three, four it's, times. I mean, it's, the 20th century is like phones, FaceTime, Skype. Mm-hmm. No one's really far anymore. No one's really far. Yeah. I got I, I got a friend that likes to call me FaceTime all the time. He only <laughs> yeah. he only calls me FaceTime. Right. Wow. And I never understand why. I'm like yeah. And like I, I I'm not a homophobe. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But it's my <laughs> but, but, but it's my man's and shit. Like but like he can't like it's just always weird that. But he always uses excuse, yo, Chris, it's 21st century. It What's is. wrong with you? Yeah, you know it's, it's the new wave, for sure. I, I, I like to look at my friends when I talk to them. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but but yeah, right. so that's, that's, right, that's basically yeah. how we manage, though, you know, with, with phone calls and FaceTime. And, um, you know, even if, if one of us is out of the country or something, you know, we still FaceTime and stuff. Or, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, but, but back to this alliance thing, I just want to stop on that for a second. Um, Important you know, word. The, the Mastermind Alliance. Um, so we, we talk about this all the time. There's a, a, um, a thinker, uh, philosopher, if you will, by the name of author, by the name of Napoleon Hill. And this guy uh, was Andrew Carnegie's mentee. Uh, he wrote a book by the name of Think and Grow Rich. And, and this book essentially gives you, um, you know, all of the, 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 the principles, the, the, the mental way of thinking for success. Um, and one of those things that it talks about uh, in great detail is called the Mastermind Alliance. And you, you hear, you know, a lot of successful people talk about it. In fact, you heard, uh, I think one of Rick Ross's albums has, has a, a track called the Mastermind. Uh, mm-hmm. basically the, the album is called yeah, Mastermind. Mastermind. Uh, but what that concept means is, is it means um, you're borrowing on the educational education, the capital, the experience, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, from others so that you both can actually achieve success quicker. Exactly. Is, I mean, from yep. a, yeah, go ahead. My, yeah. Mom, my mom's, my mom's said this to me. She's like, uh, uh, you'll get there quicker by yourself, but you'll get farther, saying, together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Saying, and like, uh, yeah, like when I was rocking with the band and shit, like, saying I try to push it <clears> as much <throat> as possible. You know what I'm saying? Like, because like, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel, feel that every artist that I listen to, they, it's a team behind them, you know, saying like uh, they they might make it appear as something else, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's always like LeBron James, even like he was talking about how he's th- he's comfortable with getting with our retirement because uh, his wife has been holding it down. His kid's thirteen now, right. saying he's gonna he's gonna retire when his kid is eight, like eighteen. Like imagine like not really being around to do these great things that he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Hate on him as much as you want. You know what I'm saying? But like. He the goat, you know. But like, uh, yeah, man. Like those sacrifices that others, others make for you, and that's part of his alliance. Mm-hmm. Then he got his team that are doing the marketing for him and all that shit. Because outside of basketball, I think I, I forget that they said a crazy number last night. What he makes outside of the game, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like why even play? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Levon Bell, he's ready to retire. He don't need the money, like, 
because he got a good team behind him. But right, yeah, right. proceed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but but that's that's the you know the premise of it, and you know, but it, it goes farther than that. But but one of the things I, I think that's um, valuable about you know our friendship, colleagueship, businessship, whatever what have you, is that um, that we are so vastly different. You know, at, at first it, it took a while for me to accept that, but um, I but I was actually talking to. Um, so the company, one of the companies that we're partnered with, um, their lawyer who handle, handles uh, like some of our contracts as well, we were in a conversation and, and I had told him you know, more about Orrin and I, and he said, um, that's what you need in a business partnership. You need somebody who's going to be just the opposite from you because you, you can have all bases covered. So in our case, Orrin, I mean, he, Orrin will never admit this, and I talk about him all the time about this, but Orrin has... An extremely high IQ. Like he is one of the smartest motherfuckers <laughs> I've ever met. All right. Genius. He's a genius. Like seriously, he's a quasi genius, um, and and a, and a researcher and and et cetera. Like just a, a great uh, thinker. Um, I, not to say I'm not a smart person myself. I'm just a little different smart. Um, so so Orrin, yeah yeah. So so or so Orrin, Doctor O, you know, is gonna like uh, stay in the studio and like find out every single thing that we need to know about the business, about, you know, about the, the music industry, what what uh, events are happening, etc. And I'm the person going out there building relationships. Like, I have no problems going out and, you know, meeting some random person and bringing it back to the, the, the table. So so that, um, you know, that combination of, of personalities, uh, you know, it, it works well. No, that's dope, yeah. man. That's dope. And, like, I... I, I you said 2016, 2012, 2016. So that's what, like seven years now, y'all been rocking. Seven, seven, yeah, knowing each other, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's up, man. No, no, that's dope, man. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Cause, I, cause that, that, those, those, those are the relationships that I'm trying to build personally. Saying like to figure out uh, what I'm trying to do next. Because like, I, cause I play classical music, you know, and like I. I I enjoy it, but I don't love certain things about it. And like performing is like great after a while, but I definitely want to have some other shit outside of it where I can just uh, cause I cause I cause I enjoy performing, but I just need something else outside of it. And I'm trying to build my alliance too. And like I'm like, damn, why not come to you guys to see what the what uh, uh, what the truth is? And uh, so so like uh. I see that you guys are doing like movies. You guys are doing, say, working with different artists, and like, uh, if you guys could work with like anybody right now, who would it be? As far as like, what, is it a, is it a movie thing? Is it a is it a particular artist? Is it a, a rapper? Is it a singer? Like, who would you who who would you want? All the above. All the above. We want to conquer the world. Yes. Um, but in terms of artists, I know Warren has them. You got a favorite one right now? I think for me, maybe like my top three. That you would like just wanna. That I just wanna like just get in the room with. Uh, one is uh, uh, Camila Corbella. All right. Uh, the, the lead singer, one of the singers from Fifth Harmony. Okay. Uh, also wanna get in the room with uh, Demi Lovato. Oh uh, yeah, she's pretty. Right. Nah, she talented too. Yeah, no, yeah. I saw no. No, she killed it. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because because I seen her before, then I just saw her the other day on TV, and I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know she was that pretty. You know what I'm right. saying? And like, 
Cause like, uh, she talks cause, a lot about her their body insecurities on. I got a, I got a lot of friends that uh that that do the whole SNL and saying uh, Jimmy Fallon all that, those gigs and they they're telling me when they had performed with her like yo she could really really pipe it you know like she's like mm-hmm. she's not playing she's over there. For sure. I'm not I I didn't mean to take away from that but like she's <laughs> a she's a beautiful woman you know what right. I'm saying. Yeah, I think my third would be SZA. But how do you feel was... about like I don't know, I really, really love her her older album a lot better. Really? I'm like obsessed like this like the, the more like sounds like it's influenced by Tori Amos, I don't know if that's intentional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, the newer stuff I feel like is I don't I don't like the direction as much. I might be alone in that opinion. I like SZA, but, but yeah, she, I'm I mean, obsessed with that first album. Well, well. Hmm. And you feel that differently than, I mean, in addition to, you know, the influence behind it, sort of trying to dig deeper to, in terms of what you like about that. Is I'm it saying that of, it reminds me of, like, yeah. the intensity of, like, these songs that Tori and Miss used to do in the 90s that yeah. were, I don't know, they're, yeah. and they, like, very, like, these, like, feminine anthems full of emotions. This, this is just destined to fail. Got a case of that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's durable. It's durable. The phone is not breaking. It's just, like, the... Yep. The experience of people watching is very boring. Okay. Sorry, Mom. She's the only one watching. Okay. Yeah, keep, keep, um, does it work on the bottom? Uh. Well, it would have to be retaped. Uh. But anyway, the point being that, like, uh, Get on the yeah, there's the just microphone. a real, like, I don't want to use the word rawness because... The microphone's more important. Huh? Talk on the mic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's not, um, it's not raw musically, but there's, there's like, a rawness in terms of, I think, uh emotions in it the newer one sounds a little more contrived to me now, probably probably a, similarly to like the love single, versus love argument as a single man <laughs> like saying like saying like, if i'm on a date or something and a girl starts singing scissor up in my house <laughs> i know i'm in trouble you know <laughs> no but i like her music though i like her voice more than cardi b oh listen i went out with a girl Sizzle she was singing that cardi on. b Hard. That was one of the most expensive dates of my life. Fuck him and I get some money. I'm like, wait. Whoa. You know, I'm like, what is going on? But yeah, um, that happened. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, okay, but why? Why? Why are those the ones that you that you pick? I think, from a musical point of view, like they're all three amazing artists. I think just hearing what what we do collectively in music, how our soundscape can definitely like be some amazing stuff like some some life changing some like long lasting kind of music if we had opportunity to be in a room with them it, 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 uh, yeah sometimes it's just the combination like when uh Paul Pierce Garnett and Rondo got together mm-hmm. there was no stopping that shit Kobe and Shaq there was no stopping that shit I'm not gonna bring Golden State into this you know what I'm saying? but uh Steph Curry nah, 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 stop stop enough uh, no. like five more uh, no you know but yeah like the certain combinations is so so I hear what you're saying like uh but like uh it, but but you're 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 more artist focused like there's like uh no I look at it from two different angles I look at it from like the artistic angle and I look at it from like the business angle and we can make great music every day every night but mm-hmm. if ain't no one buying it ain't no one listening to it ain't no one looking at it on YouTube it's a pointless <laughs> kind of kind of thing like I mean, again when we get in music you get in music because you love to do it once you figure out that you're pretty good at it and you see you can make some type of revenue for them then you start thinking like okay here is my artistic side of my cool. development here is my business side of my development and they 
in this music industry, you got to figure out what's good artistically and what's good business-wise. And I think mm. these three women, uh, they definitely are, are showing you that, you know, I'm about they the can bag. Make, they can, <laughs> yeah, they can, they I'm about the bag, baby. Yeah, they are definitely amazing. Talk that talk on. They're definitely, yeah, they're definitely amazing <laughs> as artists, but at the end of the day, these records are selling. Yeah. You know, free, and they were fist, yeah. yeah. I feel you, bro. Yeah. Shit, what about you? Have to, yeah. you have like a top three? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, I have to say, uh, Drake, of course. You know, like you know, like there are a lot of people that hate on Drake, but I, I, I think what do you? Ain't nobody doing? hate on Drake. No, there. I know a lot of people that yeah, hate on Drake. They listen to Drake yeah. in the closet. They are lying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, people man. hate on Drake all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's like a very popular thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I hate on Drake. They're lying. Yeah. <laughs> they all have a Drake song. Yeah. I, I thought I, I was a, I, like I thought I was a Kanye West hater. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Saying and then and then I went. My boy was like, "Yeah, I got twenty five dollars tickets to the fucking Yeezus tour." So I said, "All right, we going." You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then I said, "I got you drinks," you know. And so so like, uh, he starts going through the catalog, and he's up there for an hour and a half, two hours maybe, probably like a half an hour speech. That's why I said an hour and a half. We're like, yeah. we're like, uh, we're like, uh, uh, I loved it all. You know what I'm saying? And like, he brought me back from the beginning when I when I first. Saying was singing them tunes to the end, you know what I'm saying? And easy shit. Yeah. So, so like, people front like they don't like somebody. People act like they don't like classical music. Mm-hmm. Saying, but how could you not like classical music when it's in all your cartoons and all your, your movies and all that? You know? That's true. That's true. The liars. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're just yeah. unaware of Super like. Underwear. Yeah. What do y'all think yeah. about, uh, before you get to your, like, what do y'all think about artists who, like, the landscape now is like, you can get rich. In like famous overnight of a viral video, Lil Pump, and some people who, <laughs> some people who like, I have this fame and acclimate, but like, you know, like maybe they live show, maybe they're just horrible on stage, but everybody's hype. What do y'all think about like that whole vibe? The, so, <laughs> the SoundCloud rappers. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. I mean, yeah, I think I think yeah. it, at one point in time in music, you know, you have A and R, you know, you have uh, artistic and representative. Like these yeah. people were the individuals in the forties and fifties who would go search out and find someone A to sing the song and B to write the songs. Mm-hmm. So you think about like Frank Sinatra, never wrote a song in his life, but probably one of the most famous famous singers that we know in our in our, our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And so I think then the early Motown, the early Stax records, you had an artist who was gold, they could sing in the studio, but could not get on stage. And so what they had to do is like, I gotta get the singer to be developed. And so they would take time. And I think now mm-hmm. with music industries changing the way they make money, I think people now figure out like well I don't have time now to develop this kid not at all so Mm -hmm. if this kid comes out with a record and I get 5 million 16 17 year olds who love it and they can't stop listening to it I'm going to say to myself I need to find this kid I need to sign this kid because this kid just showed me that he can get 5 million views in 3 days I mean that's that's what happened to uh, what's the girl's name um, Bad Bob Barbie Bad Barbie Bad, oh, bad, bad Barbie <laughs> and, you know, her, yeah exactly like her uh, um, what's the other girl's name with the with the with the fatty <laughs> um, who uh, China China uh, Black is it Black China she got a deal as well oh you know? yeah but but once again it's not it's well you know yes they're not singers or rappers necessarily well, but, I was, but they I was gonna say we could use that bad use it. That yeah. bad Bobby track. No, it it goes I mean, hard. Whether, it goes hard, but but to what to what you were saying. About, like Bobby Shmurda, yeah. you could you could argue 
Probably like, smarter why than it would have worked, but like, but but <laughs> got popular off of a video that went vi- viral, right? And like three hundred, right? Like that whole but, thing. But, but um, yeah, but to Orange Point, what he was saying is like, you know, that you know, you, you don't want to spend time, um, you know, developing an artist. Like we were, we we heard firsthand from a guy. Uh, I'm not going to say the label, um, but um, we were sitting in, in in a panel discussion, and we asked him afterwards, like, you know, what are the chances of you li- looking at artists, you know, if they have you know, ten thousand followers versus, you know, a, you know, a million followers, and he's like, no, if they don't have any, any credible followers, we're not even going to look at them, you know, because it's not <laughs> worth their time, you know. So, do you um, think so, that's damaging now? Because, like you said, people used to like search out talent. Like maybe they're like some dusty little talent show. They're like, oh snap! I think, Is there no chance for those kind of people now? No, it's still a chance. It's still a chance. Well, yeah, I mean, the road is longer, I, but the reward yeah. is is greater at the end because mm-hmm. some effect is like, if I've crafted my art over, say. Artist A and artist B, artist A goes viral overnight. Mm-hmm. Artist B takes three years to get there. Artist B is playing a long game. Mm-hmm. And I think in the music industry, your objective is to play the long game. Yes. Like I went to see Jay Z maybe like three weeks ago, and I'm listening, like, he's on like stage Chris by himself, is, right? On stage yeah. by himself, and he's, mm-hmm. he's starting from reasonable doubt all the way up to 444. And, and you see in a room, you say to yourself, like, when you raised me. Raised yeah. Doubt came out in 1996. <laughs> no, yeah. 1996. We know, we know. I was, we know, we know. <laughs> I was in my second year. I'm from the Northeast. It's different. So. It was like my second year as a freshman, 1996 to like 2017. I was seeing this this gentleman go from like, you know, like being no one wanted to accept his record to now like getting going platinum in like your, seven what's hours. What's your favorite album? <laughs> oh, God. I think my favorite album, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say the blueprint one and two. Yeah, yeah blueprint one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a dynasty guy, and I'm, I'm, what else? Uh, what is volume? What is it? One and two. Uh, Hard not like one. I think it's two. Mm-hmm. Saying uh, the one, the one with two short on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saying I remember like just being on the train. This is when I first started smoking weed. You know like I would listen to that shit. Be so serious on the train, just like in my mind, just like listening to every single word that. And he was laying that shit down. <laughs> I think I think primary Nas. She loves Jay. But um Yeah. He's that dude. Yeah, that. To transition into more like the actual work that you guys are doing, have been doing, um, and how you're approaching artists, like with and, <clears throat> and how you wanna like what your sort of mission is, you know, um, like looking towards like the bigger picture in the future for velocity music. Like, how does that tie into this whole concept of viral videos versus, well, actual development? Yeah, well, well, the s- same thing. are you thing. doing we any of that now with people? Um, so in terms of developing artists, um, we like to think that we're developing them musically. And we, 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 we give them advice in terms of how to develop themselves, uh, you know, via social media and stuff like that. But similar thing, you know, obviously we're not a record label, but we don't have the time or the resources to develop, you know, any artists. Um, in, in terms of like so the, the the imaging and stuff, but in terms of the music, um, you know we're working with what seven artists right now. Yeah, Six, seven. yeah seven artists right now, um, <clears throat> just producing their albums or EPs or just singles, um, so that one we can help them to thrive, but also uh, spread the gospel of velocity. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's yeah, that's what we're doing in terms of that. In terms of working with major artists. Um, you know, it, it's sort of a, an interesting thing because. Um, well, could you give yeah. example? Like, I'm thinking yeah. of uh, the, I forget his name off the top of my head, but um, the person who was at your party that 
that I met. Oh, the artist that you're working with. Yes, yeah. 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 And uh, and you were telling me the story about how you started working with him, and he sort he found you like in the neighborhood. Like I'm just looking for somebody with a studio, and at first you were like, "Who are you? Just approach me." I've nowhere and then you gave it a chance and you you realize like it was like a more unique sound and so like is that is that what it looks like for other artists that you're working with who are maybe not as much of a name or have have you come to different people in other ways yeah yeah well that that is definitely a rare situation because okay. um, you know I, I mean how did he find out yeah. about you well <laughs> you know it was funny well uh, this guy JL Sizzo he's a Dominican a Dominican uh, rapper singer um, I was on the subway one night uh, working on a mix, and uh, and he came up to me. He was just like, "Hey, man, I see you work. You look at you, like you know what you're doing. Um, I'm a rapper, whatever." And of course, he was like, "Hey, can I get your car, whatever?" Of course. I mean, people come up to me all the time, like you know, but but you know, only you know one negative one percent of those people actually <laughs> contact me. But um, but yeah, he called the very next day, and he called again. And he sent a text and he sent an email, and I finally mm-hmm. called him back. Um, and he sent me his stuff. And I was like, okay, this is really good. Um, and so for about, I'll say he kept trying to trying to get on to me for about four months. Oh and, shit! And his persistence is definitely something that <laughs> that you I'm know. Give you three yeah. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's, it's not it's not like I was trying him. Not not saying like he that he must have really. There must have been something about you that he was really drawn to. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, you know, I'm talking you know, about this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Um, but you know, but that is a rare, a rare situation. Um, some of these other artists have been uh, people that we trust. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really good friends of ours or colleagues of ours who have said, "Listen, guys, I know what you're doing over at Velocity. You need to check out this person." Mm-hmm. Or it's been a situation where we found people like Izima, um, the hip hop violinist that we work with. Classical um, Bay. Classical Bay. Classical mm-hmm. Bay. Shout out to Izima. Um, I mean, she's doing great things right now. But uh, it's a situation we used to see her on on Facebook doing um videos in her in her bedroom um or her living room and we're like oh shit like she's dope like let's reach out so we you know hit her up and stuff and then now we're producing our next album you know Mm -hmm. um so it's you know it's i say you know 90 percent of the time it's just you know um people that we have found ourselves or people that trust us that that sent us their their way but it's not just because of their following Mm, on social media no. sometimes <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But, but you gotta think about it if someone if someone has a good product mm-hmm. more than likely they're gonna have a high following you might find that diamond in the rough they may have 5,000 followers and it may just be a person like oh who is this person and then you listen to more of their records and you start saying okay this person seems serious I mean they got 5,000 followers but you hear the quality of the music you say okay this person may be serious let me send an email and then they take three days to respond and you're like okay yeah. maybe that's why because right? yeah. if someone if someone's reaching out to you and saying like you know I've seen your video I think you're amazing here's what we do you can check out our music out and they you know they take their sweet time to get to it it's like you're not serious yeah and then it's, I think in this kind of field you know it's three a days? line wait but hold on because I'm thinking <laughs> like I don't know three days somebody reaches out to me they send me things to look at I want to make sure that I have the time to actually you know digest it and give a proper no, I, I think proper response to it rather than, well, you know, I like, mean, maybe if people, if it was like three weeks, but three days, I feel like three days. I think, I think, you I think it's a relatively good turnaround <laughs> to like be able to digest it, look at your material. Also, probably you have a life, hopefully. Yeah, but the same, in the same thing, I was looking at like, like an individual, if you really want something, someone email, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. they say, 
something that you really want. That's talk safe. that talk, Warren. These niggas ain't serious. <laughs> that's safe. That's niggas safe. ain't serious. <laughs> I remember. I remember the opportunity. No, you want your response to be strong, though. Is what I'm yeah, saying. I remember, like, I, remember, I would want to make sure my response was strong over quick. I remember. I remember. Unless this, I already have. a good job. example. I was. I just started grasping the brass. I started start working on my, my doctoral degree, and I wanted to get a lesson with Wynn Marsalis. And he told me. He said, "I want you to call call this number, and uh, and just keep calling until you get in contact with me." I called him for six months straight, same time every single day, never respond. One day I called him was on a Sunday. It may have been like October. I had been calling him since probably, I don't know, late April. I called, he answered the phone. I said, what? <laughs> I talked to him for maybe like, I don't know, like five or 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, I, said, I want to come to New York and get some lessons from you. He said, all right, come to New York, come to Lincoln Jazz Center, uh, get, on a, get on a list to come back and uh, we could talk about it. Number one, I had never been to New York. Number two, I don't know what list he's talking about. <laughs> so the fact that I wanted this, got my ticket, found a way to get on this list to go backstage to meet him. I met him. The next day, I had like a lesson with him. So the simple fact is that if I send you an email and you saying you want to do this, you need to respond to the email really fast. That's if you want to do it. Well, we, we hear from Sheree Clayton that, <laughs> so, that the best way to get to Wynn Marsalis is just show up at his doorstep. But see, me, I didn't know. Sheree Clayton had already lived in New York. Here yeah. I am calling yeah. Yeah. Sheree Clayton. Episode, was that 304? But do you think, you think that that's... <laughs> episode 304. I mean... <laughs> One of those. If, if he had reached out to you, right, and, and said, check out this stuff, right, and sent you material, wouldn't you want... I mean, maybe you would respond right away and like acknowledge the receipt of it, but and I think when do you view- want to have time to take I think, it seriously? But I think for a viewpoint, if if it's something that I want, a I've already researched it. I've already I've already listened to Winton. I've already okay. said this guy's got. So you're saying like it. people people reach out to you, then you respond, and then always about playing out here. Like if, they've already expressed the interest initially, and then yeah, and then and they, they, I get okay. it. Like if you send me an email saying, "Hey, I, I'm I'm the, I'm the I'm the hottest rapper." And Davenport, Iowa, and I was okay. I'm gonna say, all right. The first thing I'm gonna do is go to Instagram. I'm gonna check out the numbers. Okay. Then you got all those videos. So I'm listening to those videos. Next thing I'm doing is going to Spotify. I mean, technology keeps us together. You send me a message, and if my phone is linked to these messages, I'm walking. I'm trying mm-hmm. to use every minute. It's all some Black Mirror shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm it's trying, actually in my eyeball. Yeah, it's in your eyeball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to respond, you know, because I know, like, you know, people. I know how it feels to send someone something and feel like, damn, I just made a fool of myself. No did, one, it, did it not get the taste? Yeah, did it not, get, did it not like it? But some of the fact that someone sends me something, I'm trying my best Let to Let me respond. go check the punctuation. Yeah, I'm trying my best to respond to them in an accurate amount of time to say, hey, I'm going to send this to my business partner, and if he like it, we're going to roll with it. If he got some hesitation, send some more music. And there's been times where I've sent me some music, Barfield listened to it and we're like, uh, and I say, okay, send me some more music. And send some more music, like, ah, okay, you do have some talent, right? And then we'll go from there. And I think the same thing for, for artists. We send some music to them and they got a choice to decide, like, I like this music or I don't like it. And if they don't like it, hey, it was, it was nice getting to know you next door, you know? That's, that's my viewpoint about it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, that's I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's definitely very fair. I mean, but, um, but to going back to your point about, if we do look at the followers, yeah, it is very important as well. I mean, like I said, we don't specifically, you know, look for those people, like you know, what? but what? but like it, it in the definitely instance helps. of yeah. like Sizzle, did he have a following? You said Sizzle? No, yeah. he it did not. So that's why you and, maybe for a little bit like. Um, well, actually, I didn't look him up online. I just, you know, we had a whole bunch of other projects going on, so I just, yeah, you know, fine. once again, him being persistent, he sort mm-hmm. of just. 
it's like, okay, let me just take a chance. You know, it's just like, like an investor, you know, sometimes you may not necessarily know the ins and outs of his new startup company that's coming in, but at so, the same time, you, you may see a little potential there. So you right. invest in it and there you go. Because so, I'm thinking about like, you know, you make the point, which I think is a fair point to make that like a thought, like a good following should indicate a good product. But I, I also feel like the lack of a following doesn't necessarily indicate a bad product. It just, it maybe indicates like, maybe you're not that good with marketing. So, so, but I think, I think, <laughs> part, so I think my, uh, mind, my mind reacts to it is like, yeah. if I see someone with like lower numbers, but like amazing singer, I'm thinking to myself, oh, we can see it's a moment now. No one knows about this person. Mm -hmm. And this person's undivided attention will be striking to us. So therefore, we can just start building. Right. You think about like, all the super yeah. teams and producers and singers, like no one knew who Snoop was. Mm -hmm. He just started coming from nowhere and then he drops an album that's like one of the greatest rappers in the world. And so I think if people, again, for me, if I'm looking at numbers, I'm saying like, okay, they got 16,000 followers. What's the likelihood they're going to respond to an email? Well, if they see what we've done, they're probably going to respond to it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Then if I see someone who has like 6,000 followers, but their videos, amazing singing, amazing product, I'm saying to myself like, no one knows about this person. I think we should jump on this. Mm. Because that's like a person being in the stock market. And maybe I mean, they're more focused on their craft than Bitcoin. social media. Right. Yeah, so like, like, like uh, for example, Bitcoin, people yeah. are laughing right now, but it, it, the, the very second... I love it. But the very second... when it, a little confused. When, <laughs> the very second <laughs> when the national banks decided that it becomes a value to them and they decide they want to jump on it, all those people who were laughed that they were looking at Bitcoin 2010, 2011, who have been buying portions of it. It's going to say, the national right banks will say, no, we're going to accept it. But these people have been stocking up on Bitcoins, now they're like millionaires. Yeah. So I think the similar fact is that we can't look at it right now with low numbers, but they may be a diamond in the rough. And I think it's, it's important to look at like high numbers because you see like, okay, a lot of people like them. Mm -hmm. Low numbers, there may be something about this person that we can seize right now and jump on it right now before anyone else sees it. And if we can get it first, that person's more unlikely going to be loyal to you. Only if they're a good yeah. artist, though. And they get Only artists. if they're good yeah. Well, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah, not yeah. expecting no that you're going to, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, my point is more about, like, that would you be deterred from working with somebody for having a low following? No. Um, I don't, because I, don't I, I assume so. you would be deterred if they didn't have talent. Yeah, you got think about it's everybody's yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. It's like, it's like right. someone saying, I want to audition for something. Yeah, you're not going to work with somebody if you don't believe in what they're doing. Right, and you say, okay, yeah. Yeah. I want to play this gig and you walk in and say okay here's the music and you've been talking like oh I'm the I'm the best thing in New York and then you get to the audition and you don't even know what the scale is like you like you don't know how to put your mouthpiece in your instrument it's like well you just wasted a lot of people's time uh, so many people yeah. who say they yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's the fact <laughs> that it's someone who's yeah. if someone says they hot I got this yeah I got this people in should know you I know it's the great producer Ill Mind says this all the time he says like if someone called me on the phone and said man I'm the best rapper in St. Louis and then I called my friend who's in St. Louis, who's probably like the best DJ. And you're like, hey, you know about uh, artist A? And they're like, I never heard him before. That's a clear indication that you're probably not the best person. You're perceiving your mind. <laughs> oh, you're mind. very grandiose. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So right. that's, yeah. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of that out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Anthony, did you ever, I don't know if you ever got to a list of dream Got my list of oh, you with. said Drake, oh, and then we kind of oh, cut you off. Oh no, it's all it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so yeah. I mean, Drake, I have please. I have I have a whole. Or do you ton, want to talk but... about why why Drake? Yeah, well, well, why Drake? Drake uh, I think yeah. Listen, I think I think Drake is a great businessman. Like when he first started out, like you know, of course he you know had his his product whatever, 
but now Drake finds a lot of the younger artists, you know, to work with, to, to write for him. Um, but they're all hot, <laughs> like every one of them. So they, they keep him on a, on a platform, you know. What's that new joint? Um, so, right yeah. yeah. um, yeah. Who's writing for Drake? I have uh, no idea. M- M- Quentin Miller? Quentin Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's still doing it. Yeah. Um, and some other people that I don't know that I should know. Okay. Um, I don't know. Either. But yeah, so, uh, but also, once again, like, he, I think he's just a, a an interesting and innovative artist. You know, he doesn't seem to be one. He got a certain timbre to his voice, too, when that. Yeah, of course. When it hit the microphone, you already yeah, know. Yeah, so. but, but I mean, but what I mean by that is just, um, you know, his sound is his current, you know, constantly evolving to like the next thing, you know, uh, and then collaborations as well. He doesn't seem to be, you know, uh, opposed to the idea of collaborate, collaborating with. You know, Nicki Minaj to to you know the the next you know Trippy Red or somebody like that. You know, which he hasn't collaborated you know collaborated with Trippy Red yet. But um, mm-hmm. but Migos, yeah, so that's the first thing. What's up? He broke the Migos kind of in a way. Saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second person I'd say SZA as well. Um, why I think um, SZA, you know, it's funny. So you know, record labels nowadays um, they're being being very thought uh, thoughtful in terms of where the industry is going. And if you think about sort of where R&B used to be, you know, um, you know, somebody like um, um, even Marsha Ambrosius or um, who's any good, you know, R&B artist. Damn, right know. now, Daniel C. Yeah, well, no, somebody from, from the 90s. Or Sade? Sade, okay, Sade. You know, D'Angelo. the pe- people, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like the people in their, in their like 40s now, um, you know, they love that music. The people who are in their 30s, don't really like it as much so i feel like the the people in their 30s 20s you know teens they sort of gravitate to the new the new r&b style which is like mm-hmm. the scissors the tony remittis the uh kalani's. you know kalani's people like that her um, her yeah yeah that's a great example mm-hmm. um so RCA's what I like holding about it down? rca they're yeah. yeah they're holding it down yeah, on the an r&b tip absolutely right. they both have her yeah. and uh SZA. This also has this like real underdog like like um composition to her. Absolutely, I think like that's like really what her image is. A lot of her songs are really, you know, speaking to to like a a segment of women. Like there's you know there's been a lot of female artists that are Mm -hmm. uh, that are about that, like about being for women, um, and about like strength. But she really she taps into this vulnerability and this this uh, section that I think hasn't really. Been explored in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what attracts me to her. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think for a lot of girls, like that's what. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what. Really yeah. Like. So you know, so the so the first two I mentioned, um, you know, once again, they're sort of more on the the thought provoking, you know, uh, really artistic endeavors in in the, the pop scene. But then lastly, I have to say, somebody like Lil Pump, you know, and people Lil once Pump. again, love the people. People hate on Lil Pump, but but I'm telling you, like, <laughs> there's something to be said yeah. about. What I mentioned earlier about making people feel from the the neck down, yeah, and yeah, as long yeah. as you can get people to, to like, you know, I, I mean, was, he, he, Lil Pump is crazy. You know, I was, telling you, <laughs> I was telling you earlier when I first came yeah. in contact with listening to his music, it just like uh, I have my my rap carrier on on Spotify, and just the way he would come out the speaker, like saying that shit would just bang, and like I just start like no matter how tired I was, saying like I would just wake up, you know, and just be ready to drive. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. there's something to be said about like <laughs> I call them the the littles, like everybody's <laughs> a little. But when you think yeah. about it, like Will these, B. like all these guys, you hypothetically say they're all like 
let's say they're all like sophomores, juniors, and high schools mm-hmm. with, at their age when they come out from rapping, 16, 17 years old. Yeah, starting with Lil Wayne. Right. So you think about, you think about the individual that says to themselves, all right, my homeboy around the block has a computer and he knows how to make music. My homeboy up the street has a camera and he knows how to film videos. Mm-hmm. And I got another friend who's like a wizard with the keyboard. Like he can actually like get my mu- my music uploaded to to like these things. Alliance. This is the fact that these guys are already <laughs> thinking about this in high school. Master Alliance. Yeah, mm-hmm. in high school we don't really talk about this with kids. Yeah, about... we, 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 you, you know Max too. You know yeah, Max? yeah, he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Max is talking about like uh, he's like, oh, Chris, these kids are graduating. Shut out show, saying saying he's talking about these kids are graduating with like uh, five thousand, hundred thousand followers, like. Kids like mm-hmm. high school now, like, mm-hmm. and that influence you already have, like, going into things already right. yep. makes you something, you absolutely, know absolutely. So, yeah, so those are the artists, but then you know, you were asking earlier uh, about sort of the global vision of velocity. Um, you know, yeah. we want to do you know, movie scores, we, we want to do you know, Marvel comics, you know, we, we already do like some corporate things, uh, which is great, and then and then, um, you know, eventually getting sort of more in the uh, the uh, video audio production stuff for like educational, um, you know, institutions and stuff like that. For the kids. For the, for the kids. For the kids. For the kids. So for the your, kids. your research is really broad with that, which is which is dope. Um, my question also is about, uh, like, is there, like, we we talked to Rootstock Republic, for example, um, one of the episodes, and they have like a very strong um, mission that's tied to. Uh, like an intentionality about what they're doing, like they 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 want to create spaces that are specific for people of color um, to be successful within. And mm-hmm. you know, I was we were checking, we stalk people before we do these things, and I was stalking your Facebook, Oren, and you you write a lot about things that are going on, like in the news um, politically. Is that something that you think is going to uh, mesh at any point with your business, or is it something that's maybe like you know something that's for you personally that you'll no, I, into, but it, it might be a little more separate. No, I think at a point it will be an artist that will be the individual that's going to get on the mic mm-hmm. and it's going to say what they have to say. Okay. You know, and that individual may be using our music. And I think, you know, when I'm speaking on, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm speaking about like the things that are happening, I just think about like as an artist, you have the opportunity to like really say what you want to say without being filtered, you know, especially independent artists. Mm-hmm. They can get on the mic and say what they want mm-hmm. to say. And not have it be doctrine or be bleeped out by like you know the institution of the industry. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, our music in the future could be someone who may have current sounds, but yet are saying things that are happening in real time. Because mm-hmm. I think the music has to be shifted with the people and what they're saying. But it sounds like that that would depend more so on the particular artist and less so on like what you're setting up like as a context with with the business itself. Yeah, Does I think it'd be sense? less a, a, a particular artist because the artist at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, we may shift them to say, or not say, but shift them in the direction of the music, whether it be melody, whether it be harmonies, but I think at the end of the day, the artist is going to have to say what they want to say. You know, you can't get a beat from Velocity or a music from Velocity and go on the stage and start, you know, saying like some really outrageous stuff, because then we do it with some other kind of stuff. <laughs> Boy, like, slap you your own mother. mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just wondered if there was like, I, I, I bring up Rootstock because that's like very much like in their mission, like everything right. they do is driven by that. And not to say that that every every business has to be that way, but I was curious if that if it if it will come into play thing. at some point, or if it does come into play, or if it's something that that maybe you know maybe you're a little bit more like um, behind the scenes in terms of your own personal uh, 
uh, I don't know, thoughts, morals, things like that. Not just. Yeah, I think I think subconsciously Black Lives Matter. I think subconsciously, <laughs> when I see artists who get on the microphone and speak how they feel about the things that are happening in real time, mm-hmm. I think that's that's marvelous. But I think at the same time, I can write a million books, but if you don't go to the library and buy them or mm-hmm. check them out, then my words in vain. I think sometimes the books may be too complex for people. So I think having an artist who can say what they want to say. If you imagine having the production of like a, a little pump beat, but yet he gets on the, on the microphone and he's speaking like Martin Luther King or Michael Mex. talking about Kendrick now. Yeah, I think it's, it's, but even even going further then, you know, like, because I think for, for Kendrick Lamar, he reaches a certain demographic, but I think for people like Lil Pump, if he came out the next day and started rapping about, like, things are happening in real time, then we got, we're talking about 14, 15, 16, 17 I year olds. I thought that that's what Kendrick is doing now. But I think, Ken, I think I'm Ken, too old to know. No, no, no. Lil Pump is I heard you saying because, like, because uh, uh, I, I fucks with Kendrick, you know, and, like, uh, <clears throat> but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you saying, like, I go straight to the to the shit that's bumping when I'm when I need to stay awake when I'm driving or right. like if I'm getting ready from going out to the club it's like I'm not putting on Kendrick. I'm not, putting on, I'm not putting on J Cole. But if I need to get right in my brain and shit right. and get right with my heart and my soul, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm, I might throw on some Kendrick, some Cole. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a that's a I mean that's something we talk about a lot. Like who's this for? Mm-hmm. Like who am I writing this? Who's for? the audience? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know we can go and start writing some music that only this group of people will listen to. But then you look at it from the, the left side of it, it's like, well, only these people are going to listen to it, and then we just missed out on the other mass of people. Yeah. So I there's think, there's like a flexibility in your reach and, and what your approach is going to be depending on... Yeah, I, it sounds, I think... It sounds like it's more about, like, the actual craft than it is about something that's a mission underneath. Yeah, I think subconsciously, if we have someone who wants to go out and speak poetically, who wants to speak historically about the times... I don't think we'd be opposed to that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think it's it's something that you say, oh yeah, this person gonna be gonna be on the microphone rapping consciously. Like, it's not like we're gonna turn down if they're dope musically. Yeah, yeah. And they're rapping like like bars, you know. Hey. But it does sound like it sounds like it's more about like the dopeness <laughs> of the music <laughs> versus like thing like that. That's what I was just trying to. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think like you know. Yeah. yeah. If it's but good a lot music. can fit into that. I mean, you guys do. We were just checking out some of the things that you've done. I mean, there's a lot of things that are seem like kind of more pop oriented, but also, I mean, I'm thinking about the kid that we were talking about before, Sizzo, uh, and then his sound is real different, and then also doing the, the film scores and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's you can you can fit into a lot of different contexts. And that's and that's it was a, this great thing about the real, like you you sorry, you have two types of people. You have the people who are, what he used this term learned. Like, that means that someone who went to school, maybe studied music, and you got the person who who figures it out. The person who figures it out may only go so far. The person who's learned and also figured it out can be in a room with anybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's the people you want to be in a room with anybody. If you want to, if, if Hans Zimmerman <laughs> calls us and say, hey, I need for you guys to finish the last cue of this movie, call us. If P. Diddy calls us and say, hey, I need this track for... I don't know. I'm coming out with a new Ciroc bottle. I need this. I need this. This fire hip hop track at 160 BPM, and we want to be the people that you can call. Because you know, being a one trick pony mm-hmm. in the 21st century, it's no way possible you can survive in this. Medicine. Maybe. Yeah, medicine. 20 years ago, you could. But <clears throat> now, you know. Let me let me ask y'all a question. Oh, that's a really good point. I, I just yeah. I want that's I want to step back. Out of a I want to mm-hmm. step back a little bit. <laughs> he said that he was a genius. He said, he, he, he said it. 
Well, well, there's but there's a, there's a there's a political um, or sort of, pills. Uh, orientation to that that's Mess. It's compelling. Well, we actually, that, that brings us into the. Oh, sorry. No, let me finish this because I have to get this off my chest. Uh-oh. I'm from South Carolina. You're you from Louisiana. Uh oh. You from Mississippi. Now, the landscape. <laughs> I don't want to talk about <laughs> But talking about the musical landscape, let's just focus on just like hip hop right now. I feel personally like it's Revenge of the South. Like, the South influence is everywhere. <laughs> And there was a time, directly before this time, where people were hating on the South. Like, people did not respect Southern MCs. People, the production, but now... It wasn't even, real back then. Yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can't oh, listen to Jay-Z, love it. Right? But, 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 see, but, but people, even the New York sound, like hip-hop, it has that Southern MC, those trap drums, like, it's everywhere. And, the, you know, like, in the ATL, is like... But see, I think the the, the shift in that Dylan's dead. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on, I think I think I think the shift in that. No, I'm a Dylan fan. I'm just saying that's why the South took over. Yeah, I think the shift in that is like when you think about like hip hop. The way I look at hip hop, I think just like because I look at it like like from like say from an academic point of view. So when you look at hip hop for so many years, the East Coast was running right. By the time mm-hmm. it gets to like the the turn of the 20th century, mm-hmm. beginning to the 21st century. Like, people can't sample anymore because now the laws are getting tighter. So right. what do you do then? Well, you got to go back to your keyboard. You got to go back to your drum machines. Manny Fresh. But then when you go to your drum machines, <laughs> Manny Fresh all the producers at that this one time in the South are starting to figure, like, well, if I produce this myself, I make the drums, mm. I do the synthesizer, I do all this stuff here. Well, it's nothing that could be taken from me. And right. so these producers in the South, they start crafting their sound. So we mm. get from, like, you know, you get from, like, Outkast, mm. and then you got... You get Outkast, but at the same time, Nas is dropping his yeah. album, then you keep going forward. Outkast, Giddy Mob, all these people are pushing forward. By the time we get to like the, the late 2008, now we got like a change in like from Giddy Mob and Outkast. Now we got people like Walker Flocka, mm-hmm. Gucci Man, and now they're going to start setting up a president. But now the East Coast is still kind of figuring out because now Pac is dead, uh, Biggie Smalls is dead. And, and so, <laughs> and so all these people, and so all these producers now, you know, you got your heavy hitters who are rappers no longer with us. But now you got people, now you got and then you got people who are who are moving up, and then the producers like Lex Luger, mm-hmm. Eight Mafia, they they're solidifying their sound. And so now you say to yourself, well, it's a shift in tide. Mm-hmm. And from a business point of view, if I'm a rapper on the East Coast and I see that every song that comes out on the top twenty charts has that sound. You better believe that I'm gonna go call 808 Mafia bars. 808 Mafia. I'm gonna go call <laughs> Sunny Digital. Right? I'm gonna call them. Yeah. Because Jesus you think Christ. about it, you. we think about Cardi B's uh, Bodak Yellow. I gotta take that. Jesus. That's uh, I mean, you listen to it. You know, she's 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 from the Bronx, but yet the music you hear it's, it sounds like from the south. It's from the south. I mean, right now in the south, it's running. They're the capital of the music, and there's no no one can like you know change it or doubt it. That's that's what so it how is. do you feel? Y'all like it's not that surprising. Music is becoming out. Of you, do y'all feel like pride in that? Yeah, but I know you're always with the, you're always aware of the landscape too. You know, I feel like I feel like I feel good about. It. I guess just from being the artist from South Carolina in New York, I'm just like, yeah. Now what? <laughs> y'all yeah, spreading yeah, the triple nah, too. I personally, I, I don't try to think about it. That. <laughs> I, I don't try to be biased in that way. I mean, I think it's, it's listen. It's great to have Southern pride and stuff like that. But like, but I think you said the key words. It's like it's very important for us to look at the whole landscape as a whole. You know what I mean? Um, so that we can, I mean, I hate to say it like this, so we can make as much cash as possible right. in every different area Bang. that we can 
bags on bags. Right. You know? Talk that so, talk. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, be difficult. Like you know, we were still trying to make you know like the the, the golden age of hip hop boom bap. We were trying to make that right now. Mm-hmm. It'll be a certain group of people, Jordan underground Ride people. Yeah, but, but you got to think about it. it's like mm-hmm. you if you if you had to make a list of all the rappers you consider that they can get on that type of musical landscape, mm-hmm. and then you make a list of all the cats who are either one hit wonders, the ones who are like really on like you know like the, the different uh, lists on Spotify, different mm-hmm. lists on title, the people who are selling records, the people who get all the YouTube views. You say to yourself, this is the sound that's happening right now, and it's not about you know people say well it be unique, you got to have a unique sound. Well, you got to think about it. If someone has, if I study a certain composer for so many years, then I start writing my own music. Who do you think I'm going to sound like? I'm going to sound like that composer. Right. But at some point, the more I do my own writing, you're going to see me either evolve away from that and I have my own sound. Mm-hmm. And I think producers now, if you're going to make music, you got to get a good good model, mm-hmm. study it, deconstruct the music, find out the anatomy of the music, and then come back to yourself and say, okay, I see what works now. This tempo mm-hmm. works, this key works, this drum sound works. And that's how we're looking at it. We're not looking mm-hmm. at it like, man, I'm about to come here and change this wheel, I'm going to make it a small circumference. A wheel is a wheel. Yeah, this I, car or that car. Uh, you, hear the, you, 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 you hear the Amigos stuff going on right now? It's like it's real popular, like more popular than before. And I think that's the change because now we have like this 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 breathe of, of, of music called like Future Bass. And now we got people like Marshmello, people like... Um, you sound like Rolex. They sound like Bruno Mars to me. Right, and, and like the, the sound. like you start, you start mixing all the sounds together. Where it sounds like trap. It sounds like EDM, it sounds like rap, it sounds mm-hmm. like hip hop, it sounds like pop, it sounds like R&B, and then people this get a taste yeah. of everything. Because Stir Fry is my shit right now, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not, I'm not sure if that's rap anymore. I'm not right. going to sit there and disrespect them because they'll be running up on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, but like yeah, but honestly, I'm not sure if that's rap, but I fuck with the track Hard Body, you know what I'm saying? Like, Do, do y'all see music? Like, do you see music becoming like a one world government? And so, like, everything's just gonna be, it's gonna like all combine. Like, even the country artists are gonna have like this this one genre. But it's it's already happening though. Right. I mean, melting like, pot of music. It's, it's, it's already happening, specifically what you're talking about. I mean, you, you man, I was in um, Illinois, somewhere in Illinois, uh, somewhere sometime last year, and I was remember driving the rental car, flipping through the stations, and I heard this country song. You know, and it was just like, you know, you know, a little rig, ring, tractor, and then the next four bars was like, sound like a trap beat, yeah, yeah, but over yeah. something that was like country, you know, country yeah. chords and guitars and stuff like that. So, but then again, like, you know, you hear like, and not just with, cross yeah, absolutely, and, and not, more not just, uh, you know, musically, but racially as well. Oh, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. fact that, um, you know, somebody like Wolfpack. You know, oh shit! I mean, if you if you didn't absolutely if you didn't see them, you would think, man, this is like a fucking black, you know, black black funk buck brothers from like you know New Orleans or whatever. But you look at them on stage, of college college white but kids. But you know is that necessarily so, like, new, or is that? I mean, that since but, like music uh, has uh, been uh, a big uh, thing in America. Uh, we, that's we, we touched on something thing, right now. So so so. You can answer a question before I cut her off. My yeah, bad. continue. Can you see your question? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Um, no, I was just gonna say I don't. I don't know if that in and of itself, like, uh, like different cultures, like adopting different music outside of their, you know, 
specifically outside of your race, like that's something that's been happening mm. since like the black people got to America. Since <laughs> since music <laughs> became something that was like a thing of like youth and mainstream, like like post jazz, like when rock starts happening, and like that's that's been happening, right? Elvis. Like that, like people having a sound that if you didn't necessarily hear them, you might think that they were yeah. one yeah, versus yeah, the yeah. other. I, Elvis is 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 one way that you could look at it, but like also I'm just thinking about. You have a question that's burning. I can't finish. <laughs> no, 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 no. What is burning? I want no, to talk about me though. I was letting him know. Just I guess like coming at him like. For I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I'm trying to think of more examples, but a lot of them are 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 not necessarily people that are famous. Like it's more like you you think about like a like somebody that's a session musician or a voice on on a track that you you weren't necessarily sure who that or where it's coming from. I think that this has been a thing a thing that's been happening. Since music has been something that's recorded and 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 distributed, like that's mm-hmm. something that has been occurring, um, and maybe more so now, it's like that that actually different genres are influencing one another. So the sound is going to be there, but I don't know about like I, I think that that's always been a thing mm-hmm. that you could you could take a music that's outside of maybe what what's expected, and you could you could do that. I agree, more. but I just think technology has this exponentially exploded everything. Oh, yeah, it there's, speeds up the process. There's sure. been no time in human history ever that you could just instantly communicate with somebody. Mm-hmm. That is a huge thing. And, like, the middleman is just being cut out. Like, it's 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 like a it's a crazy time. Pray for the middleman. <laughs> middleman can't take your 10% no more. Like, like nah. And I, it's also, I feel like every time there's something like that, art finds a way to, like, be there and, like, make a statement. You know, some people are just like, oh, you know, it's like all this, like, you know, computer and stuff. Like, I don't like all this produced stuff. But then they hear something that, like, does it well. And they're like, oh, well, okay. You convinced me. So I'm just, it's an exciting time, I feel like. And also terrifying because there's way too many uh, SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> people clogging up the airways. So everybody can get famous, you know? And, uh... Which is a blessing and a curse. Like some of that curse, is. Yeah. So, sometimes I think about that, and I think it's like, wow, this is really amazing the way that that people have become connected, and and that people that might not have had a chance, you know, in the past can now can now get their chance. There's a there's a plus and a down, a plus and a minus. I think it's all pluses. I you think, think it's, it's all, all pluses. I think it's all pluses. You don't think me. being flooded with potential trash is maybe a minus <laughs> the fact that everybody has a voice you know I, I, yeah. yeah no that that part I support I support it all because I remember growing up as a classical musician and people were like rap is not music uh-huh. And I like the fucking overflow of rap just shitting all over them right now. <laughs> your saying, kids listen uh, to it. Like, <laughs> your, children, your children love it. Your wife fucks to it. Uh, no, no. Man, My mom is watching. Ain't nobody listening to this shit. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listening right now. We coming up. We coming up. We coming up. We're revolt TV. No, no, no. Like what we were talking about earlier, though. Uh, I, I wanted to know what y'all felt about, like, uh, like uh, the success of Post Malone, G Easy, and like uh, white rappers. Yeah, basically Macklemore. Uh, like, and like, <laughs> yeah, right. I know that, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, he, that one uh, song that I know, I don't. Is he even on it? Oh yeah. Did he produce yeah, yeah. it? He, uh, he doesn't rap on it's, it. It's uh, it's yeah, there's yeah. no G Easy verse. Uh, no limit. Yeah, no limit. Where? Where is there? There's like three of them. It, no. 
Those yeah. are hooks. No, no, he, yeah. Does the city on fire? No, that's that's ASAP. That's Ace. That's Asap, not Asap. Asap's in the chorus. Asap's just the chorus. Yeah, Wait, I, that's they sound not, similar. They they sound real They're similar. Yeah, we're wasting time right now. But but well, let's talk Post about Malone, let's talk about how, how do y'all how do y'all feel about how that? Easy is how trying do, to sound like Asap. No, 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 how do y'all feel about like uh, like uh, Post Malone? I, like uh, <laughs> let's go. Let's focus on Post. No, no, because like uh, Post Malone like, thinks you can't cry. Please, 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 please. Sorry. Yeah, like every album the Eminem has dropped. Besides this one, I, I'm not sure if he's gonna get a Grammy on this one. He will. But like white, but, but these uh, white rappers are very successful. Iggy. Well, Zion, I think Macklemore is a really good example of that because of how much recognition he, he got. Kendrick, the same year as Machine Gun Kelly, is, like yeah. you name it, like Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Well, but specifically is, Macklemore is, is, the year of I'm, I'm curious, is that like mm-hmm. something? Like, uh, is that? Of course, they got to be good, but like, uh, is that something that? That like, producers are looking for, like a white artist in the hip hop field. Oh. Like, cause like, cause like, uh, yeah, that's that's a really yeah, good question. You know what I'm um, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think it's a good question. Cause um, it's definitely lucrative. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I, th- I think I speak for both of us. We don't necessarily look specifically look for race in terms of art artistic artistry. You know, we just don't. I mean, and I think we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we did. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, because once again, you know, anybody like what we're talking about, like you were saying, you know, it's just the dawn of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. People have been great artists in whatever whatever way, and I think if you um, if you will mimic, yeah, if you what mimic, they like, yeah, absolutely. And if but you if, do it well, absolutely. But if you it. focus on the racial thing, it's just you're getting into areas you don't want to. Yeah, I have to say, I saw a show recently. I missed Todd Dolla Sign because I was in line, but it was Todd Dolla Sign, SZA, and Post <clears> Malone. Okay. SZA went on before Post Malone. I'd never seen any of them live. SZA had like a band, you know, and it was like keys, uh, drums, bass, and they played with a track. And she was dope. Like she could sing live. It, it was it was dope. Everybody knew the songs. It was cool. And then like, you know, Post Malone got on. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I'm just like, oh, it's Post Malone. Yeah, I like some of his songs. But man, Killers. he killed it. I don't know if his sound guy, like he was singing. He was like. Rare for the audience, he did address all that stuff on stage, like y'all like, you know he's like, Yeah, people talk about their cars but they don't got them, you know, Jews they don't got them, like you know stuff. But at the at the at the end of the show I was like, Man, that was amazing. You know, and I, I had this whole preconceived notion of him and I'm and I, I I was convinced after that that at least that I could like give him a, a chance. Even though, you know, maybe he might be a culture vulture. I don't know the guy, but he seemed like his persona stage was very seemed genuine, like you know, and I can I see where he was going. You know, he's like he's like, oh, you know, he had me play the card like you know I'm not, I don't have the perfect body, like I'm just a normal guy, like he's, he's smashing beer on stage <laughs> and people love it. You know, it's like oh man, he's just one of us, like. Yeah, make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> now I fucked with Post Malone, but like, I think it should be said. Me off for a second. Yeah, I think when we look at you know people say, well, I'm looking at, if we just go back, go back, and you say, okay, the product the, first. Yeah, the first. Let's say like the first Caucasian mm. group. Let's say go back to like the Beastie Boys, mm. right? And you say to yourself, the Beastie Michael Boys. Moore. And, Macklemore and, and Vanilla Ice. Yeah, so you okay, so you go back here. Not, not them around that So one. you go you go back to the BC Boys and you gotta say to That's yourself, it, who were they running in real time with? So in real time, they're running against Run DMC, they're running against LL Cool J, so they run all the people 
who were considered Def Jam, right? So you got a producer named Rick Rubin. He's figuring out like, okay, well, this this rap thing is working out. We got this new rap thing is happening out. Then you have um, Russell Simmons is saying like, you know, we don't like pop music. You know, we don't like Michael Jackson. We don't like Madonna. So they got to say, well, we got to figure out how we're going to make good music. So Rick Rubin said, hey, well, got these white guys from Boston. They rap. Okay, let's see what they do. They So you got this market of people who like punk rock, who kind of like rap. Mm-hmm. And they want who, something a little safer. And they want something that feels a little bit safer. So you say to yourself, like, well, well it's a subject matter, and right? Mm-hmm. And so you say to yourself, like, well, if if I'm a punk rocker, if I'm a punk rocker, you got to think about like the people, the Lower East Side when hip hop was first coming out, like the early 1980s, mm-hmm. when Grandmaster Flash would go spinning records in the Lower East Side. Well, they were spinning records. They were playing like the Beatles. They were playing like the Monkees. They were playing all these these various records. The punk rock people were like, this is pretty cool. Because they kind of like us. We're kind of like outsiders. Because mm-hmm. in the 1970s, the most popular music is disco. Mm-hmm. So either you rapping in the Bronx mm-hmm. or you're punk rocking the Lower East Side. You, mm-hmm. you guys are already the outsiders. Because disco, yeah. you know, you're dressing up fancy. You're doing coke. You're doing everything mm-hmm. to go to be a part of it. And so mm-hmm. when we get to like the 1980s, these punk rockers start listening to this rap. Mm-hmm. And people start saying like, oh, this is pretty good music. Let's see how can we, we combine it. And then, you know, you got um, Run DMC with Rock This Way mm-hmm. with uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. And so the simple fact that, you know, a lot of people... Aris, Run DMC does that a couple times with, like, Rockbox. Just like that, the concept of using rock. Right. A lot of people oppose it. You know, you got you got the purists who say Run DMC didn't need to have a white act to make them popular. They were already popular. One of the first rappers to actually get, mm-hmm. like, a major contract but signed. But worldwide shit, you know, they get... World, the, worldwide, well, Aerosmith is expanding. also not really a punk band. They're, like, right. they're pretty... Rock and roll, but it's in the fact... But it's in the fact that Run DMC was pretty big already. You know, it's yeah, like yeah. 1985, and they say to themselves... But I think with white artists, I think it's a rarity. You know, you got the Vanilla Ice, then you got the the next person that really. Well, Vanilla big. Ice eventually. Yeah, the Dem- Dem- had, had a hardcore band. Right, and then you got you know you got the first big rapper, you know Eminem. But you got to mm-hmm. say who is he associated with? So his name is connected to Dr. Dre. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dre stamps that. Now, if let's say Eminem had a no name, quote white producer or black producer from Detroit. We didn't know him. We wouldn't have known him. Wouldn't have known him. But no. since Dr. Dre had already like cleared the way. With NWA already cleared the way with Snoop Dogg, now he's about to get this new artist that he heard in a rap battle. His name is stamped to him. And then we say like we got the Macklemore's, we got the GEs, we got the Post Malone. I think for them, they're trying to be things that they've seen when they were little, right? What were they listening to as little kids? And then some of the fact is that they are trying to listen to do this music. And I think you know you got Macklemore who beats like Kendrick Lamar. That's like from a different kind of scope of thing. Whether it may be political, or maybe the people who are voting at the Grammys. You know, a lot of people kind of say, like, this album is probably better, but, like, who's to, who's, who's to say it's better? You know, like, you know, you have black fans who say, come on, come now. on. Wait, wait, come no, on. I'm not saying, <laughs> I mean, come on no, no, I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, my personal view of the Kendrick Lamar Bill's album is better, but it's in the yeah. fact is that we're talking about now, we're talking about if I like something versus if I don't like something. So we say, well, I don't think Macklemore's album won that year. I think, wasn't it? It, it was, it won for best hip hop, right? I mean, Kendrick should have won best. Right, we, but, but we get into the, get in the conversation like you know, like yeah. hip hop is started yeah. by African Americans, and then we say to ourselves yeah. like these so-called yeah, white so. artists to win this this competition. But you say, well, the first hip hop artist to win it is like you know Fresh Prince and, and uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff in nineteen eighty nine. This is the first time rap is actually introduced to the Grammys, and so right. people are like saying like, okay, now we have a competition, and then like a couple of years later, <laughs> we have a couple of years later. Now we have. A white artist win. Personally, personally, I feel like yeah. Kendrick should have won album of the year over Taylor Swift. 
I really feel that way. Like, I feel like that was the album of the year. Right. Like, the best album that came but, out that year. I've heard the Taylor Swift but I think it's good. Should have been nominated, I guess. Well, but we're talking about something a little, you know, like, because music but is music, and I think it's a little bit more deeper than me saying who won, because then I mean, you got to think about mm-hmm. these institutions and how they, the things they're built upon. No, you're right, and that's, that, that's my next yeah. point, is oh. about how Macklemore, I think... <laughs> yeah, you're okay. Uh, yeah, I, my bad. I done, I done lost the question. What? I, uh, what? I can't. I can't have this. I just and this is this is this is me, Lindsay speaking. This is a personal I opinion. Lindsay. I feel like Macklemore is very attractive to that sort of a situation in terms of the type of rap he's putting out because it's suburbia. like it's there. There's a yeah. There's there's a suburbia to it. There's mm-hmm. there's these like songs about shopping at thrift stores, even though probably maybe had money anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I, that, and I, I, I am white, so I grew up in that, and I can, I can hear right. it, in right. it, right? Like I can, I can hear it when I'm listening to it, and uh, uh, I especially like that year is the year they came out with that song. Uh, I forget what it's called. Maybe somebody knows. Um, but where he's basically like trying to empathize from the perspective of somebody who is gay, oh, yeah, but she is yeah, also yeah. not. Right. So, and this was something that like really blew up. And I, I listen to that song, and I don't, I don't think it's a big. good. I don't think it's a good song. I think it's boring. Yeah. I think, and I and I can say that with saying that there are some songs that Macklemore has put out that I think are good musically. Like yeah. I, I that I that I mess with. Could you, uh, could you, could you downtown. name one, please? Downtown, I think is like I get why that's. Like, <laughs> I think it's, I think, no. yeah, you could you could no. say it's corny, downtown but there's like some there's some catchiness to it, but but. That particular song that got it was, a lot of it was Ryan, a lot of fame. Ryan was not a good song. Ryan was the producer. Was his name Ryan? Ryan Leslie. Ryan Leslie's yeah. producer. On that song Shit. that I'm talking about, the album. Oh, the whole thing? Yeah, right? No. But anyway, my, my point being that, like, I think that sure. there's a safeness it's, to having a person who who is who is white and straight rapping. From the perspective of somebody that's gay, and then that that was like a song that won an award, and it's like, why is this not? Why is this not a song about being gay from the perspective of somebody who actually is gay? Is gay. Well, that's like, why is that's that? Whole, and, like, that's, and so yes, because, that that's, yeah, that's the dynamic. That's the crazy shit there. right now because he's a white male, and white males fucking like Caitlyn Jenner. I got an argument the other day about this shit. Fucking like, it's the same shit from the Dave Chappelle shit. Like Dave Chappelle was saying, like. Say if you're a white male, you the fucking ones that fucking decide fucking everything in this fucking country and fucking. I'm on that road right now. Yeah, and like and like and like like that's why I don't get mad at like like I try not to get mad at like some of my white male friends and shit like because like. I know wow. that they're the ones that they fucking decide fucking everything. Well, not, not right your here. white friends are not the ones that decide. I mean, it's it's more I abstract know, than that. But like, like, but for, for instance, like, I don't ever set that. Look at the civil rights like, movement in like the '60s, right? It's crazy. It's just, it's it's a, such a weird situation. I never thought about that example. We try to uplift now. ourselves like as black people or whatever, but well, we need that? help. We need like the, in order to get to the institutions, we need white allies. We don't need help, man. The Black Panther movie is showing that shit right. I mean, is that the name of it? We gotta have people on the side, man. Are you even in it? No. You've been seeing you know it. Right? Hold on a second. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying that in any in any change that wants to go on, yeah. like you yeah. need the help of like people who have a Others. common cause. The the Jewish community, like. Alliance. How much help do we we, we was alliances? Alliance. Because uh, look, as a black America, let's let's be real. We got like, to We don't own no land. 
We don't have like that power position. The weapons you said. We don't. We don't have no nukes. That has already been. But we, we gotta. This black people have had to move smarter. You know, mm-hmm. the whole Martin Luther King thing. He said we all gotta come together for a reason. Like Malcolm X was more of like the sentiment. Like man, it's like fuck. Let's just go fuck shit up. You're simplifying everybody. I'm simplifying it very, very much. But I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying that in terms of getting a voice, yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up that Macklemore had to be the one, but he reached further. Hold on, let me let me just because we got to bring it back to velocity music because that's that's what we're that's what we're interviewing. (laughs) But I I just want to clarify, like I don't, it's not, it's not about like I I have no problem with. I mean I I'm a white person who has loved hip hop for a long time. Like I'm that that is not what it's about. It's not about like not being cool with allies or not being cool with like people messing around with something that that they feel passionate about that might maybe wasn't created for them. It's more about the fact that, like, I'm not even, I'm not mad at Macklemore for writing a song from the perspective from a gay person. I'm mad that no, that no. one album, hip-hop yeah, yeah, yeah. album of the year, because it was like, people, but whoever happened, is making these decisions was like, this one history, seems though. very conscious. Right? And it's been a problem throughout history. I'm not saying it's new. Elvis? I'm just saying, yeah, I'm saying that that, 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 that bothers me, that that one. I'm not mad at yeah. Macklemore for creating it, or, okay. you know, it's it's about... Especially during a year when there was like an obvious should have like this is like the best album in hip hop that's come out in in a long time well, that's had that big of an impact. Do y'all think that will ever change though? Velocity. Do you think that will change? Should have changed that year. That <laughs> people can actually. Yeah. Are you guys gonna change? Represent themselves instead of having a middleman. Hmm. Hmm. I think if you look at the Grammys. I mean, the people who nominate. You have a committee. If you have a committee, let's say we got a committee with eight people. And eight of these people are, let's do a fair ratio. Two are African-American women. Two are maybe European women. Two are white male. And two are African-American males. Right? And you got to figure in the room. Who's they, do, gonna, they, they do it like that over there? You know what I'm saying? Hypothetical. I'm just giving the hypothetical uh. thing. I'm saying to myself, if you got those four people, and so you got two... Uh, in simple terms, you got two of each, and they get to decide a voting factor. They got a list of albums. They say, "Okay, here's this album, this album, this album, this album, this album." The first thing you have to figure out is who do the albums speak to? The African American women in the room that say, "Well, I like SZA, mm-hmm. I like Kalani, I have a daughter, she listens to this music." Then I have the African American males. I like Kendrick Lamar because everything he's saying, I actually grew up in South Central myself, so I know what he's talking about. Then I have the European white males and European white women. I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know what this means. I don't know what this means. But I can relate to that from Matthew Moore. I can relate to that from g Easy. Mm-hmm. It's from the perspective of what you can relate to. It's not because I don't like it. It's not because I can't use it. It's what I relate to. If you think about when white kids were listening to NWA, you got to better believe it that their parents are losing their shit saying like, you never Absolutely. lived in South Central. You've never been mm-hmm. in a gang before. You never sold crack before. You never did these things that the rappers are talking about. Right. Whether it be true or whether Western. it be fictional, mm-hmm. the simple fact is that you can't relate to it. Absolutely. And now I have an opportunity to have an artist who looks like me or potentially mm-hmm. who so behaves like me. Absolutely. Now I can, I can, I have a voice in this this thing that I like. And so now I feel closely connected to it. Now when they mm-hmm. win, and when it's not came out when I was a kid. It was crazy. It was just like that. You explain it. Like when they and win, it's not because that. Okay, you say, well, 
this was the best album is because the people in the room were voting. Now, if you got a room that's, let's say you got a room that's the whole entire voting cast of eight people are all African Americans. Yeah, it could be biased. It could be biased. You could say, well, it could be one person that say, you know, I really like this Macklemore album. Everybody in the room, the other seven people are like, come on, man. It's seven against one. No matter how you feel mm-hmm. about this, this seven against one is going to outvote your tally. But when you're in a room with equal shares of people, mm-hmm. and the same thing could be said like, well, she likes it, he likes it, he likes it, she likes it. And then they listen to the music from the perspective of how they feel about it. And I think we have a better voting system compared to like one weighted room where it's six white males in a room, maybe one brown woman, maybe one white woman. They don't get really get a vote because still it's six against two. Even if they decide, but they, they should be aware of these different nuances that are that are present in the field that they are that they are being selected be. to make a decision on. Yeah, but, I mean, you, you get somebody, somebody like somebody. Eminem and, and a group like BC Boys. Like these are people that are like the subject matter of what they're speaking about. I don't listen to that and think like that's not that, that's not authentic, right? Like that's a big thing about Eminem. I mean, he, he's 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 intense, but he's speaking about his own experience. But that specific track that I'm talking about that I think maybe was part of the influence of that album winning because I think it also got nominated for other things he's not he isn't talking about his own experience and he's getting all of these like props for being somebody Mm -hmm. who's saying these things you gotta ask yourself like what is too much what is too much for a voting cast to say like this is over this is over the bar he's talking about something that you know it's like a rapper comes out tomorrow and say you know talks about suicide but in a negative way not talking about in a positive way you gotta Mm -hmm. ask yourself as an industry manager, hmm. a CEO, well, that's happening now. Do you, you, gotta, <laughs> you got you got to ask yourself, what's too much? What's too much for society to listen to? I don't know. I've Every single day, I'm desensitized yeah. when people are dying. I'm desensitized. So if I well, literally, if I walk down the street and saw someone getting shot, I may be frightened for a moment. But since I'm being desensitized to it, I gotta well, say to myself, we're gonna see what happens this year with Exo Torley. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. But then, beginning again, if you have more of something being voted for the deciding factor. Of course, it's 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 like it's a numbers game. If I have, if I have a hundred people in a room going for something, then it's a, it's more of it being simply like a numbers game. And if a person has, yeah, yeah. a people a person has the right numbers on the voting committee, then of course mm-hmm. that person's going to win. And then I don't think it's about black and white. It's about like I get to vote. Mm-hmm. You think about it every single time. Mm-hmm. We yeah. saw it in our election. You know, we think about like. If these many people go vote and these many people say, I'm, I'm not going to vote for it, the numbers win. Despite however we feel. Yeah, you know, yeah. Once the numbers are counted, I ain't worry about that's Trump over with. And I in think, the next election. And I think for the Grammys, mm-hmm. I think for whenever we see like you know the so-called white artists or even how Beyonce got beat out by Adele. I mean, people thought like, everybody thought like the formation. You understand probably, it, you're saying? I understand it. I understand it. It's not, it's not, I don't look at it about it being black and white, I'm looking at it about like who's in the room deciding yeah. these votes, who yeah. who the majority yeah. shareholders. Yo, we're about to, yo, we, we to close the shit up real quick. But like uh, uh one thing I noticed from the guests that I keep on bringing over here and like uh what you're talking about, you understand. You know what I'm saying? So you're at peace. You're you at got peace. to be it's too much happening for you to be you're, you're at peace. And like uh what what is fucked up my shit, you know I'm saying personally, is like I let like negativity slip Sipping, sleep, uh, slipping, slipping, <laughs> seeping, slipping all the time, you know, and that shit fucking uh, takes up at least six, four or five hours a day. Drop your mess. Saying uh, just, that's a lot of time. Maybe that's a lot. Maybe it's like two hours. We exaggerate, you know what I'm saying? 
I think what Chris is trying to lead into is like our final thing that we do we probably want to focus on is like uh, what do you guys do individually no 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 what I was going was like uh, like uh, like uh, uh, I let that negativity slip into my mind and that uh, slows me down makes me stagnant you know what I'm saying like I'm not able to progress as fast as I want to because I'm thinking about the bullshit you know but like I'm listening to you talk the whole time, and I'm just in amazement because you've done the research, and like uh, that's why you're at peace. You know what I'm saying? And you're able to make the moves that you're able to make. You know, and like uh, on the on the road over here, I'm, I'm like, cause I know Anthony. You know what I'm saying? I know Anthony. I barely know you. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, we gotta make sure we get some time going and shit. And, like, <laughs> and, 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 and like, I'm just like, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? You'll be spending this knowledge over here, bro. And like, and like, and I've always been impressed by Anthony from the fucking gym photos. Fucking, fucking. No, we gotta be more explicit because the listeners. Wait a second, wait a second. Wait, don't know what you're referencing. Yo, when I first met Anthony, Anthony was fucking thin as fucking shit. This nigga is Jack. <laughs> nigga like fucking Black Panther and shit, saying watch out for this nigga in the streets. Nah, but like, nah, but like, uh, nah, like I was always impressed with Anthony because uh, from trombone to composition to jerking on Juilliard through Velocity, trying to get out of Juilliard, being back in Juilliard, still doing Velocity. I'm like, motherfuckers chasing so many bags, you know what I'm saying? Always been impressed with Anthony. I already knew what I was gonna get from Anthony, you know what I'm saying? But like, fucking on, you really. Show me some shit today, man, and and and, and I appreciate that shit, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah. one of the questions that I usually ask that we never even ask today is like, what motivates y'all? But we ain't got time for that question right now. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got time for you guys that. Let's do it quick. We, we gotta go. One no, minute each. No, it's been like two hours, maybe. You know what I'm saying? One minute each. One minute each. So, 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 so tell me who motivates you, and then the last thing I need from y'all. It's like, I need you to give me some medicine. What would you give for advice for people? What pushes you so you can push other people? You know what I'm saying? Because that's what the whole thing is essentially about. I think what motivates me... A who, like artists or whatever. Tell me, uh, let me stop cutting you off. Do you think? I think what motivates me... It's not particular artists. It's the historical legacy that we have as people creating music. You look back to music where you. You talking play. about like African Americans as a whole, or just like? A I think for me, humans? I think for more, I think for me, more so African Americans. You think about all the music that we have as people in America, has all been created by African Americans. I mean, there's a American music. American music. Talk and that Amer talk. American music is is being ran, or the music around the world is being ran by Americans. And the way I look at it, me, me being a teacher and being an educator, I would try to tell my kids like, the music that you like and enjoy, the music that your parents may dislike and don't enjoy. It's, it's created by African-Americans. We can go all the way back to the beginning of ragtime, the mm. beginning of jazz, the mm. beginning of rock and roll, the beginning talk of... Talk that talk. Uh, even e Preach. Even EDM. You know, you say, what is EDM? Well, it's four on the floor. Well, four on the floor comes from disco music. It comes from Chicago house music, Detroit house music. We don't have, without those people in their bedrooms trying to pay their rent, you know, that's, that's what the house party is. I want to have a party to pay my rent. And these guys in the late 70s and 80s making this music to now we have, you know, multi-billion dollar companies who base their commercials, who base their advertisement around this music created by these people who consider to be less people in society. And I think that's what motivates me. Every time I sit down at a blank screen and computer, I'll say, damn, well, Robert Johnson selling his porch was a guitar and mm -hmm. I know what to do. 
Miles Davis sit in his hotel room trying to figure out how to play these changes. You know, I, I think about these things. Uh, I think for anybody, I guess like a, a last statement for anybody who's trying to get into this, you got to be focused, you got to study, you got to be serious because it's a long line of people who want to do it. And if you're not serious, you can just get out of line and have a seat because there's someone <laughs> who can do it. Answer your emails, motherfucker. <laughs> Stop bullshitting out here. You talking that talk, but you ain't about shit. Oh, yeah. Wilson. Oh, Wilson, Dr. O. Dr. O. Die. You're going to be able to follow that up? Talk. No, I, no, listen, I'm not going to follow up. Guys, I'm not going to follow it up with anything that intelligent. I will say, I, I will say, I will Stop say, uh, but for me, what motivates me is a, is a spiritual, uh, more of a spiritual level is that um, out of the universe or God or whoever you decide that is that higher being for you, um, for me as a universe, the universe chose me and Oren and you guys to be those people who are trying to make change. You know what I mean? Like, and, and not just trying to make change, like, like actually being diligent about being out there. You know, this medicine cabinet podcast, you guys are are interviewing people who matter, who are trying to, who are, you know, think about deep, so I, the I'm deeper meetings. Yeah. Quick, I'm let you go on. yeah, why you call me on my You let you let Oren talk? Why the fuck, why the fuck <laughs> you ain't gonna let me talk, man? What the fuck, man? Come on, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, what the fuck is you talking about? It's like, man, it's like that shit is trash, nigga. I was fucking around, it's funny. No, 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 no. But yeah, but uh, you know, sort of the the fact that that we're chosen to do this, you know. Know, like every morning, um, you know, I wake up and, and I, I have this wonderful gift that has been bestowed on me to create music, you know, and it's such a humbling, really humbling feeling. Um, so I'll leave it at that in terms of what motivates me. There's more. Um, actually, no, I will say one more thing. Uh, so I grew up on a farm. I think I told you guys Let this. It it. Oh, yeah, and, um, you know, my I have an uncle that, uh, that basically uh, sort of, you know, they were like, um, uh, cousins, boys that, that came in pairs of two. Um, you know, I have cousins that are eight years older than me, then there's four years, and then there's me and my cousin, and then there's a couple bit below us. And he would actually take each of us, the pairs, and, and make us work with him earlier on, um, you know, by building fences, hauling hay, building on the people's homes, like doing all this, this random stuff. And to learn that at an early age created in me this very strong work ethic. And so, so having that and, and having a person like that in my life um, that, you know, that took the time to, to, to teach a little kid that, it, you know, is such a valuable thing. And so, you know, that to me, my uncle and, and that experience motivates me. And I'd say um, definitely to Oren's point about, you know, sort of, you know, what, you know, younger people would have to do to, to, to make it is, you know, you got to be very, 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 very hardworking. Um, but but I will say, and this is sort of to your point, Chris, about you sort of, you know, letting the negativity, you know, uh, take over your psyche and everything. <clears throat> you can't do that shit at all. I'm going to say it like it is. Do not do that shit at all. You got to stay clear headed. You got to make sure that you keep your mind focused on the things that you want and off the things that you don't want. Because if you keep your mind focused on the things that you don't want, it's just a waste of fucking time. Sorry to say that. But you got to be very positive um, about what you're shit. doing. So. There you go. Now, Medicine. Now, I want to thank you guys for coming out. Saying, I want to thank uh, Lindsay and TJ, but especially Velocity Music. And uh, yeah, man, I learned a lot. I felt like I, I've grown. 
you know, uh, personally saying, I hope y'all listening have grown too. Uh, do you guys have any plugs y'all want to do as far as Instagram or like Facebook or anything, social media shit that you want to follow y'all on some shit? What up, mom? Right. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you can follow us uh, at on Instagram at, at Velocity Music Inc. Facebook, uh, you know, either one of us, Anthony Barfield or in Wilson. Uh, Twitter, same thing, you know, Velocity Music, uh, NYC. Yeah. Yeah, look out for the movies. Look out for the tracks. Bam. Saying they out here coming. They ain't playing around with y'all. Medicine Cabinet Podcast. You know where to find us at. But, uh, yeah, uh, shout out to Sean again. Shout out to Trevor, Sam. We got number love for the team. Uh, saying Master Alliance is what we learned today. Saying that's the main shit I took apart from this shit. And, uh, and like, uh, and, and like, oh, I'm like, half y'all niggas ain't serious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> level up, niggas. And, level yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> and see emails. I ain't stop bullshitting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? Man, but yeah, man. Uh, but all right, we'll catch up the next one. All right, peace.